Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan McCarthy. And today we are joined again by Chris Walker. This is a, probably our third episode we've done together now. And when me and Chris get together, we usually have really deep, open conversations. And that's why we like to come together and do podcasts because we're able to share so much insight and just our own personal wisdom and knowledge that we have and express that to each other to see different perspectives on all loads of different topics. So within today's episode, we touch on so many deep topics such as society's biggest issues in 2023, why people feel lost, importance of taking accountability, and so much more. In other news, if you could please leave this podcast a rating, it means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow and reach a larger audience. If you could share it as well with a friend, family member, or on your social media, that would mean so much, and I appreciate it. But without further ado, let's welcome Chris. Thank you. Thank you. On a marathon, continue. Victory lap Welcome to the One Talk Podcast with Ryan McCarthy. The marathon continues, that's what you were saying. Welcome back to the One Talk Podcast here with Ryan and back again with Chris Walker. Let's go. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? We're matching today too. I'm matching with the yeah. incredible view either year as well. How good. What a dream. <laughs> what a dream. We talked about this for a while now, so I'm glad it's actually happening. Manifested. It's here. It's here. So today we're doing a bit of a table talk. We want to touch on a topic and essentially form this episode around a confused society, which is a very broad thing, but I feel like we've got a lot of things we can tie into this for it to make sense and to relate as well to a lot of people out there. So um, I'd love to hear more about confused society on your end, Chris. I think a confused society really does pinpoint the day and age that we live in today because there's a lot of people running around like headless chickens or they're acting like, you know, ducks in a pond. They look calm and collected, but those feet, they're going hard. They're paddling away. And we we do really live in a time where... Authenticity is rare, I believe personally. So showing up as your true self and people not really understanding who they are, what they want to do or where they want to go in life. What do you think? I agree with that. But there's like so many roads I could take this on. But one that I've been thinking about lately is the authenticity side of it, but also the integrity as well. Because mm. I see a lot online of people bringing awareness to things that are happening overseas, but then they go out in their own community and then provide or actually add any value to it. And instead, they actually downgrade people, belittle people in their own community, then online speak about something that's happening overseas and we need to love each other, but they don't actually integrate in their own life to actually serve that in their own community. And that's it, another aspect. They it all the time too, and it's so true. And we could ramble on this one for two hours. Um, so let's. <laughs> but yeah, it's so true, especially, and you know, I, I, you see it, you experience it, you know, people writing posts or, or talking about how they want to see change in the world, yet they're not actually being the change within themselves to, you know, make that change. And I think that's the biggest thing actually is you, as an individual, I feel that you really need to ask yourself the question, am I aligned with what I believe in? 
because I think a lot of the time people create this dream of being a particular person because it sounds great or because it's the right thing to do because then they're accepted into to society and they're, they're not, they don't have rocks thrown at them for sticking up for their own beliefs or what they think is right, but they're too scared to say it. So I think that that's even a big thing within itself is people being too afraid to say, well, you know, we should stand up for Ukraine or whatever it is, but instead being like, well, how about we talk about the fact that Ukraine is actually, uh, has quite a huge, you know, uh, criminal um, background in like, you know, where that money actually goes. Like the US, they announced today that the money from the US that's funding the Ukraine um, situation at the moment is running out and no doubt they'll get more money. But if we think it, of looking at it at a deeper level, it's like, okay, well, one, well, where's the money actually going? Yeah. You know, like you could say, well, that's a bit, you know, ignorant, Chris, because it's going towards the war. It's like, all right, cool. Show me the spending sheet of where it's actually going and what it's been spent on. And then let's look at the, the history of Ukraine as well. And now we're going a bit conspiracy theorists, maybe, or maybe it's just the truth up to you. Do your research. But we look at those two things. It's like, where's the money being spent? Look at the history of the Ukraine. Look at what period of time we're in, which is a recession. What's happening with the dollar versus cryptocurrency? Maybe we're phasing out the dollar. Who knows? There's so many different avenues where this goes. So what I'm getting at here really is, is that there's a lot of different facets in this, but so many people are so tunnel visioned on one thing because that's all they've been conditioned to believe. So it's like, well, how about you question yourself and be like, well, what do I believe in? I believe in freedom of speech. Great. Act upon that. Cool. Well, be open to what other things are around you at that same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It makes sense. But yeah, like you said, it comes down to people understanding what their own beliefs are as well around these things. Because you ask people like, why do you believe in this? And it's like, just because I didn't have like an informed analysis of how they even came to the conclusion of their own belief that they have. But I think it's such an important lesson to be able to sit down and question your own beliefs and get a true understanding on why you have such a firm opinion on something. A lot of people don't actually know what their beliefs are too. That's a crazy thing. But it's also really hard. It's hard, 100%. Yeah. Like, and even for you, like, how did you define your beliefs in the world today? Because like, for me personally, it's like, I have to sit down and do this every quarter, uh, every, yeah, every three months because based on the situation of how I feel at the time or or how I've developed or evolved, it, it changes constantly. Yeah. Well, some of that evolves over time because as you evolve over time, you experience so much life. And I think beliefs and experience tie in together because a lot of your beliefs come from your own experiences or you adopt your own beliefs from someone else's experience that they've told you they've experienced. Like, no, I believe that because that person felt that. That person went through that. So I believe that. What were we talking about the other day, (laughs) the goal thing? What was it? Um, Oh, this, that's been a big game changer for me. I'll explain why, but you say what you're going to say about the whole adopting other people's goals. Yeah. So this is like dangerous as well. And this is why we do live in a confused society. I personally believe, and this is something I heard like a few weeks ago, and then I was sharing it with Ryan because I was like, wow, this is really impactful because it made me resonate 
and reflect on myself and what I was doing if and if it was actually for me. It's called like, essentially, the question to ask yourself is, the current goals that I have at the moment, am I pursuing them for myself and are they actually my goals? Or are they someone else's goals that's been pushed upon me out of their own frame or experiences that they believe should be your goal? Because a lot of the time in society, we are constantly fed different messages. And if we can be conditioned through you know, different messages, different words, um, suggest or auto-suggestions, I guess, or suggestions of, yeah, maybe you should be this because you're really good at this. That's not your own goal that's been pushed upon you. So it's really questioning, like, are the goals you currently have yours or are they someone else's goals who couldn't achieve them? Yeah, or is it someone else's goals who's trying to use you as a way to help them to get to their goal and what they want to achieve and they see you as a pawn to their chessboard? hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. I think it's it's dangerous too because like if you're not asking yourself these questions, then a few years can go by and then you get stuck in, oh, maybe this is, isn't my goal. And I've just spent the last three to four years pursuing something that I'm not actually passionate about, but I've been conditioned to believe that it's something that I should be. Should be. Yeah. And like the whole goal, like, I think this is a great question for people to ask themselves. Cause like, since you told me this, that was about three weeks ago. Yeah. But- tell me about this. So in the last three weeks, I've asked myself every single time an opportunity has come up for me. The question I've asked myself is, is this my goal or is this someone else's goal? I'm not going to lie. It saved me a ton of money and a ton of time because it stopped me going further into things that I probably thought would have served me, but not realizing that actually wasn't my goal. It's just a vision someone else saw in me that will contribute to their mission and vision, which will then create success and whatever endeavor. But coming back to like the fundamentals of it, it's not my goal. And then what it took me off the path that I'm on of where I actually want to get to. And I feel like over the last couple of years, I did somewhat steer away into other endeavors to try and fulfill other people's goals because they saw something within me. But then once you identify your own goals, you understand what you truly want for your own self in life. I feel like then the things that you truly want start curating and actually start growing and come into fruition. But a quality question that I just want to finish on is just ask yourself, if an opportunity comes to you, if you are currently doing something day to day, if you feel passionate about something or you feel like you're being persuaded into something, ask yourself, is this my goal or is this someone else's goal? Huge. Huge. I wish this question, I wish I asked myself this question years ago too, (laughs) because I've been persuaded in different directions because of certain things that popped up as well. And yeah, like overcoming the people, people pleaser syndrome, especially when, you know, you come from that area, it's so easy to get sucked into other people's goals because you think, oh, you know, because anyone could sell something to you. And especially if it's impactful, but even if it is impactful, it's okay to say no. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your thing. And that's a big thing. I, th- I feel like so many people are confused towards where they're going in life because one, there's way like, there's so many opportunities. It's not a bad thing, but we need to realize that we don't have a lack of opportunities. We have an abundance of opportunities. But that also actually creates confusion if you don't know who you are, what you want to do, and where you want to go. You've got no, you've got no baseline, and you can refer that to 
a great business. So a great business has a vision, a mission, their values, and that's their, that's like their foundation. That's a concrete. What businesses do in those circumstances is if something's offered to them and it doesn't align with that mission, vision, or beliefs or values, then they're not going to go with that. And that could be sponsorships, that could be clients, that could be whatever it may be, collaborations. But that's what allows people to stay on the path is having those rock solid things. And I think, I think it's so, so valuable to, to really have the fundamentals in place because that takes away the confusion. Yeah. And like so many people are so eager when they start business to create those fundamentals for like, what's my mission? What's my values? What's the vision going forward? But it's like, can you imagine actually doing that for your own life? Like if you look at yourself as the business of life, you know, you're the- And you are your own business. You're the creator of everything around you. Like you're the source for it all. And it's like, if you actually sat down on yourself, got clear on your values, got clear on your mission, got clear on your vision, can you imagine how your life will look and how many opportunities you'll start to see? Because like you said, opportunities are abundant. We just don't have the vision to actually see them come for us or come to us. Mm -hmm. But once we get clear on what we really want, we can actually pinpoint opportunities when they come to us for us to actually have have the understanding to know that that thing will serve me, that thing won't serve me. Maybe I'll do this for a week. What can I learn? No, that's going to waste my time. You're really clear on what's actually going to fulfill you and serve you. Really understanding your, your, your worth and your value is a big thing too on, on that journey of staying on your path, I, I believe as well. And what advice would you have for, for people who maybe don't value themselves or, or their time? And maybe that's holding them back from like staying on that path because they want to people please people as well. What advice would you have for that? You don't value your own time essentially you gotta ask yourself why to begin with like you gotta have the self-awareness understand like what's the deep meaning behind it not just the first thing that comes up i think it does come down to understanding it first because then you know where to go to from there but then it's also making sure you also set boundaries in life too i feel like a lot of people that struggle with the whole values and the time issue and i was sound like this in the past a big part of that was because i didn't have enough boundaries in my life I was too loose in doing this, too loose in saying yes to that, too loose in going to this and that and going everywhere, but giving everything to everyone else but myself. So I think setting boundaries, but to be able to set boundaries, you need to be clear to come back to your values, come back to your mission, come back to your vision. Because once you truly understand that, then you can put the boundaries in place to know what is going to serve you, which then in the long run, you'll start to appreciate your own time, start to appreciate your own value a lot more as well. I think it really does come back to what we're talking about with the values, mission, vision, mixed with the boundaries as well. Mm. Boundaries is huge, hey. It's probably one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't have. And it was it's one of those things that like I really struggled with. And like it's one of those things I still have to work on and I still have to reassess like where I am, where I'm putting my time. Because when you're a, a golden retriever, like I seem to show up as a lot of the time. I just want to see people, I want to chat to everyone, I want to have a great experience. But the the downfall of being a golden retriever is and wanting to be that person is that your time isn't valued as much. People don't, like if you're there for everyone and you're not there for yourself, one, you, you take energy out of your cup and you give it to everyone else before you're giving it to yourself. 
But two, people start to not respect who you are as a person because there's no equal exchange and a lot of people have more power over you. Whereas like, and you might be saying, well, what do you mean by power? And it's like power of like the power within yourself to show up and demand respect when you walk into a room. Because realistically, the thing that helps you excel in business is having an exchange of how you show up and how someone converses with you. And it needs to be a mutual respect thing. If someone doesn't have respect for you because they can smell you don't have respect for yourself or you don't have anything to offer or you're coming across needy or whatever it is, and then no one's going to do business with you. People smell weakness and people smell neediness. And... Like, it, it's so huge. Like, I remember when I was running my PT business and the big thing that I learned when I was going through that process was the transition of going from I need to sell to I have the tools and techniques and resources to change someone's life. And whether they sign on with me or not, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And the difference is, is that instead of me being like, I need to do this to make money or whatever and going from that to I have an opportunity for someone and it's up to them whether they want to take it or not and come across that way one it's more of a pure intention and two it's allowing myself to have more power in that situation yeah it's also reflecting like it's empowering them to make Mm. the choice to do it as well I'm not forcing rather than a fear tactic sales that you usually see Um, quickly before we touch on all that I want to go back to the people-pleasing aspect of it because when it comes to people-pleasing, especially in today's society because we are so... Politically correct. Politically (laughs) correct. We're constantly checking comments. We're constantly seeing who's tagged us in this and said this about us. And if they say that we've done something that doesn't seem morally correct and we delete the post or we delete the comment or we try and put it under the rug because we care so much about the opinions of other people, so we end up just pleasing everyone. Did you even see that thing in Parliament too? How they're trying to pass a law where, um, what is it? It's where essentially we have no con- control on social media of what we can post anymore. Everything is completely regulated. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen that. So it's like going through at the moment, it's not pushed out there too much, but there's like a a petition to make sure that obviously that doesn't happen, but it's not promoted out into mainstream media. So there, there looks like there will be a time where um, you lose your rights with what you can post and can't post. Talk about freedom of speech. Well, that's it. It's, it's, it's going against the freedom of speech. And I find it really interesting because, you know, there's two ways, right? You know, we, we went and saw, we saw Andrew Schultz, uh, comedy act the other day. And the thing that we saw that was really fucking interesting was that he was brutal. It was just so sick. But everyone in that room laughed at how brutal it was. You want to think politically in- incorrect? Man, that was every sentence. <laughs> and do you know what's interesting is that every person in that room were cracking up, laughing, clapping. A lot of those people would not be like that in a normal day to day. It's because people are scared to be themselves. It's like a permission. Because they'll be cancelled. You know, the amount of people that I've talked to on, um, you know, the podcast as well and the conversations we have 
before the podcast are always very interesting conversations about like, so what do you think about this? Like politically correct stuff or what are your actual beliefs and blah, blah, You know, every person I've, I've chatted to essentially, a lot of the people have all said, you've just got to play the game, otherwise you'll get cancelled. Isn't that crazy that yeah. we're at a point in time where we have to play a game so that we don't get cancelled? I hope you're enjoying today's episode. If you could please leave this podcast a rating, it means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow, reaching a larger audience and getting this message out there. It'll only take a couple of seconds of your time, but it means the absolute world to me. But without further ado, continue enjoying today's episode. Mm. It just, it, it blows my mind because the people that have the ability to get rid of cancel culture or the people that are too scared to stand up against it. And like, you know, if a collective of people continuously stood up and everyone came together and pushed back against it, the thing wouldn't exist. The only reason cancel culture exists is because too many people cower to it and they don't fight against it or they don't support other people that are going through cancellation because of bullshit reasons. And instead, it's most of the time, they add to the flame of why this person getting cancelled. And true down, if that's happening to them, they'd be wanting people to help them. But it's like, we need to show up for each other when it comes back to like a community aspect of people. A great question to ask yourselves is to, am I the weed in the garden? Mm. Are you the person listening right now? Are you someone who's judgmental? And that's commenting negative things on posts that are about the news that is unjustifiable as in you have no idea what the backlog is it of it is and you're just making an assumption and you're just judging out of you know your emotions and feelings i think that's a good one because a lot of people don't actually think about what's going through their mind that's why i tell so many people just do a 24-hour audit and you'll soon realize how much of a negative nancy or a sassy sally you are (laughs) (laughs) it's true though like so many people like when I first did a 24 hour audit on my language, it's so impactful. It changes everything. It, it's just like, you don't realize how negative you are, how, how badly you're talking to yourself, how badly you're talking to other people and how that reflects into your actions mm. and your behaviors. And your energy and also your perception of yourself as well. How that leaks out. Tell yourself you love yourself. Yeah. Like it's so important and it'll change your life. Well, that sounds funny, Chris. So it's like, all right, we'll keep calling yourself a piece of shit and keep hating yourself. Yeah. And keep, you know, talking badly about other people and see what results that's going to get you in life because... Oh, I've got no friends. Yeah, it's because you keep telling everyone else that they're a piece of shit. No wonder you've got no friends. (laughs) You keep talking to yourself like you're a piece of shit. Your internal world will reflect your external. Crazy. That's why I love self-awareness. You know, actually being self-aware so you understand your own internal dialogue. So you can call yourself out in moments like that as well. Like as humans, I think the judgmental side of us is something that's just instinct in our nature. But it's like, what do you do with that judgment at the end of the day, whether it's judgment about yourself or judgment about other people? Is it something that you, that leads to resentment of self or leads to resentment of other people? Or is that judgment going to be a thing that's going to help you make choices in life that's going to add value to your own life? But then when you have that self-awareness and know that about judgment, then you can actually use that as a superpower tool. Mm. But if you don't have the self-awareness so you can come to that in the first place, you do just become very internalized of yourself and you start beating yourself up. What's some self-awareness tools? Well, the biggest one for me is meditation. Mm. A lot of people hear about meditation, but I think it's so important to be able to 
detach emotions from your thoughts and really see your own thoughts from a different perspective yeah. and have no... Like third person? Yeah, third person. Yeah. So the way I say to people is picture yourself sitting back and watching your thoughts like a movie. It's like you're in a lazy boy chair and all your thoughts are passing by. Mm-hmm. Don't tell any to go, don't tell any to stay, don't tell any to shut up or anything. Let them all be and accept them as they are and continuously just watch them on the loop as much as you can every day. Maybe two minutes a day, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, depending on how you are with meditation or how much time you want to implement into it. But if you practice that daily, I guarantee you will start seeing a different perception on how you actually see reality. Mm. Do you think a lack of self-awareness, well, we both know the answer to this, but do you think a lack of self-awareness is the big issue in a lot of people's identity of who they are in this world and why there's so many participation awards and so much lack there's multiple avenues for this so like the self-awareness and the participation awards i feel like that goes back to people pleasing fitting in fear of cancel culture and all that stuff as well and people don't want to practice self-awareness or they don't want to embody their own self-awareness to actually think logically in this situation. Instead, just because it's too too hard. It's too hard. Exactly. And I think that's why people don't do it because essentially it's too hard for them. And it's easier just to be a sheep, follow along, keep your head down, don't get seen. You know, if you get too high, people want to come for you. Just stay level-headed with everyone else and just keep your head down. I think that's a big issue in today's society is that no one wants to actually stand up. Everyone wants to stay seated. Why Why do you think... What do you think is, like, the thing that has kick-started people losing that drive to stand up for themselves? I don't think it's a conscious decision. I believe it's something that's been programmed in them since a very young age, whether it's parents, whether it's teachers, whether it's influences around them, because the parents at the end of the day were influenced by the elder people above them, teachers and their environments and whoever they were influenced by. But I do believe it's something programmed when they're young and then throughout life, it's just a domino effect of that thing constantly happening and happening again. Because when in today's society, you see someone succeed and everyone wants to support them. But then when they actually get to success, everyone wants to bring them back down. Mm. Everyone wants to support them until they get to a point where it projects down insecurities and why they they never got there themselves. They want to bring them back down. So I think that's actually... It's so true though, too. Like, I just... And yeah, like, I've experienced it and it's, it's so... It's so hard to explain and say that when... It's happened a few times where I've experienced it and you, you kind of think you're like, oh, surely not. Like th- maybe this isn't what's happening. Maybe I'm the one who's thinking this, but it's actually a thing where like a lot of people subconsciously will kick back in whether that be how they talk to you or their behaviors because they feel threatened for sure. Yeah. And there's a reason I don't really sh- like to share my wins anymore. And it's something that I can now share with people that I trust, like yourself and Ty and a few others. But I'm now at a point where I don't share my big wins anymore with with too many other people unless, you know, I think it's necessary. Why was that? Point. I just feel that... 
a lot of people will project their own resentment and anger unconsciously onto you. Like I've had so many smart ass comments or like people will say things without even realizing it. And at the end of the day, that's going to be a negative energy that's projected at me. So that's why I don't share anymore. So do you see it as a way of it's unnecessary energy to even bring into your life? Mm. So why even put that out there in the first place? But it's only yeah. going to bring me something that is just so unnecessary to deal with. So what's the point of even inviting it? Yeah. And like, it's not to say I don't share my wins with people I trust. I share my wins with people I trust. And, you know, the people I trust will be like, you know, we're really good for it. Like, I'll send you a message if there's a big win. And then like, you'll send me a gorilla emoji. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you'll send me someone. I'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's bad. Fuck yeah, keep going. And like, we're pretty, like, we're a great example is like, I'll be like, fucking love you, proud of you. Like you're doing epic work. So amazing to see how you're going. And I do that to like people that I trust and know really well. But, you know, you, you do that to some people and they're like, oh, thank you. But it's not equal. Sometimes it's not, not the same. So I, th I think it is important that you do keep some things to yourself. And this is only from being aware and seeing how other people act too. The most successful people I know don't share their wins. Why do we think the average person is so eager to share like the life, the goals, everything like they're so eager to share as much as they can with anyone? Well, it's people pleasing at the end of the day. It's like seeking gratif gratification, validation. LinkedIn is a prime example of, you know, I'm proud to announce that I have just been promoted to X, Y, and Z. And it's like, yeah, that's great. Like that is that, like, that's a really great thing. When it's done in a way that is just doing it to showcase with the wrong intention, then I feel that's that's not right. Only for the fact of you're seeking validation, gratification. Yeah. Whereas if you're sharing a win, hey, you wouldn't believe what's happened. I've been this. The language is different. The intention's different. And I don't know, like just from my perception, I could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. I feel like so many people aren't doing it to celebrate their wins anymore, but more or less to to showcase that they're valid in society. And they're only doing these things, maybe not even because they want to, but because it shows that they're valid. And a great example is Instagram. Yeah. Like I've been off my personal Instagram for months now. I go, truthfully, I go on there once once a week maybe twice a week, not to look at posts, but to reply to some people who message me if it's important. Because I, I do have like some family that are on there and yeah. some really close friends that I've met from traveling that um, that's the only way I can talk to them. But even then I just send them my number or a Zoom link and we just catch up that way. Yeah. I don't converse on there. Um, and it's just crazy, like getting out of that matrix, it, it's so interesting to you see how many people are stuck in it. Like when was the last time that you went into a public place and you just looked around you and saw today everyone on or today everyone yeah, is on like their phones like daily. Yeah, because like, myself, like I've been always been a very curious person. I've really always been an observant. I never knew I was um, in the past up until recently when I started practicing self awareness. I understood that. Um, I like to observe things a lot. I like to detach. Maybe that was helped through door meditation daily, helped me do it. 
in day-to-day life, but usually I walk into a gym, I walk into a shop, and I really just detach from like the human experience of life. And I really just sit there and look around and I just observe, like I don't have judgment, I'm just really absorbing information really and seeing what's mm-hmm. happening. But I do that quite a lot. Another thing that I do, I'm not sure if you do on this is maybe a strange thing, but go on. every single time, like any building I go into or any, like not even the building, any event, anything I go to in life, the first thing I look for is exits. Interesting. Exits. So every time. So the reason I do that, because I'm like, if something happens, I need to know how I can get myself out, <clears throat> get Rianne now, my partner, or if I'm with you, like when we're at Brisbane Entertainment, so I'm like, all right, if something goes down, how am I going to make sure that me and Chris are going to get out here effectively? Mm. I have like, I, I really like plan strategical things like that for a reason. Maybe some people may call a trauma response into why I plan for exits and plan for things going down. But for me, it's like a preparation f- of life. Maybe it's just a safety response as well. It doesn't have to be a trauma response. It could just be a safety thing that makes you feel safe and stable. Yeah, well, I see it as a an power of things. I'm like, if I've got that fundamental set, I'm so comfortable just to express myself fully mm. in whatever environment I'm in. Everyone has a personal checklist before they're in a certain situation. I don't think it's like you look at the army or the or military overseas and stuff, and they're built on r- routines and habits because that allows them to be fully present and fully aware of the surroundings. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's I think it's like you have your toolkit, I have my toolkit, and everyone is different. Do you have anything similar? For me, probably the first thing I look, around, look at when I'm in a certain environment is who's the biggest threat? And then I analyze a little bit. <laughs> so I analyze, okay, like how tall are they? Do I reckon that they can fight? Um... And then I kind of sense out the room in the sense of like how they might interact with someone too. And then from there, it's kind of like, I think I'm like, all right, well, if something was to go down south, what would I do? Yeah. And this sounds wild, but I'm like, all right, well, probably tape them, like kick them away. And then I just go elbow them in the face and then straight knee to head. That's so interesting because like we've both got similar but not similar like yeah. safety plans when we enter environments and i know where mine's from mine's from like when i was living in orange and stuff we got jumped a few times like by not even like like we were myself and a few others like 16 17 up to, to 18 just different experiences but like there were times where like we got jumped and like i had like um i had friends who had like their their head kicked in on the cement like concrete um so proper gutter stomp, stomped uh thankfully they were okay uh but yeah there was lots of experiences where you soon learn because f- through that that experience of like getting jumped or 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 hit or whatever it is you soon s- learn that self-awareness of like what does my environment look like what are my safety precautions and that is embedded into yeah and again like someone might call it a trauma response too but I personally just think it's like, that was a great opportunity to made me aware of myself and my surroundings. And it's also using things like that as a power that can actually serve you, you know, mm-hmm. rather than being something that feels like it drags you back or something that holds weight on your shoulders. It's a street smart. So bad and it's like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, no, I'm going to use this to my own advantage. And that's a great lead into people being f- pulled into a victim state versus a victor state and there's like two paths right 
So there's the path of go down the path of victim. Oh, all these things have happened to me and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, great. Well, everything's, there's a lot of things that have happened to everyone in life, but are you letting the narrative and the story push you in a direction or are you using the narrative and the story to pull you in a direction that you want to go? Yeah. So one's a force and one's like allowing you to flow through life. And I think that's really important because a lot of the time people are stuck in their story. And it's the thing that blocks them from achieving what they want or who they want to be or show up, freedom of speech, whatever it is, because they're, f- they're scared. Scared. Yeah. And like the whole victim, the victor mindset, like I'm sure we've both got heaps of <clears throat> examples in our own life. I can still be a victim, by the way. Yeah. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to clarify that. I don't, this ain't no golden goose over here. Like, like I, I think it's important to say like, we all fall into it every now and again. We all get triggered at times and it the difference is is that someone who think who says hey i'm this all the time versus someone who says hey it's possible for me to fall into this but i choose not to shows someone who's telling being true with how they're speaking and someone who's playing a role yeah that's like it comes down to again self-awareness and then when you are in the victim mindset, like, you know, and like you said before, we still have those moments where we drop into it, like, oh, why the fuck is this happening to me? What's your, thing? What's your breakout of jail tool set? Um, like when I am in the victim mindset, yeah. I think it's just having honest conversations with myself. Mm. I'm like pointing out that I'm being a victim. The Scooby-Doo mask. Yeah, the Scooby-Doo just ripping the whole thing. Hey, motherfucker. Who's caused me this trouble? Oh, fuck, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> But that came down to like practice and things like meditation mm. so I can really detach from um, situations like that so I can observe. It's like it will happen for whatever extent of time is and then coming to a point and actually sitting with it like, cool, I feel this way. I feel this way because of this. All right, what am I going to do about it? And that's what always comes down to like what action I'm going to take. Because at the end of the day, if I just sit there and then contemplate on and dwell and- Who do you want to be today? Yeah, exactly. Mm. I've really, it comes down to you have to take action, mm. I believe. And you got—you have to find a way to become a victor. Mm. Like even with my podcast, when I started my podcast, the first episode was in Brisbane Library, one microphone on the table, 200 people speaking in the background. I've listened to that twice, eh? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. It's just so different compared to what you do now. Like it's so fucking different. Like <laughs> the first one, I was like, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was cracking up. I was like, fuck, this is definitely a first episode. But do you know why I find it funny? Because it's exactly the same as mine. Yeah. Just like, fuck. Like, yeah, it's just like panic mode, just trying yeah. to wing it and yeah. figure it out. But then I did that for two episodes, right? And I realized, right, this is not going to be sustainable for a long period of time with this many voices in the background. So for the next five episodes, we went to um, Bill at the time, who was the co-host. We went to his music studio. And we still had one microphone at the time. We put in the middle of the table, but at least there's no voices in the background. So like three people, when we had a guest on, would sit around like two meters, a meter away from the microphone, all speaking to the one. Audio is still horrible. I was like, cool, how can I make this better? Rather than be like, this is shit, I'm going to give up. Anyway, I end up, stopped going there. And then Dan and Jaren, the legends, offered for me to use their studio up in Nambour. So I started recording there. And then when I stopped going there, I was like, all right, what now? But it's like, I always find the way to be Victor mm. rather than sitting there like, I don't have the perfect setup. I don't have But there was a question there too that you asked yourself was, how can I be better? Yeah. And that's great. Like, 
that's that's the self question that you ask yourself to Wow, there's a lot happening out here, isn't there? We've got literally birds, we've got a helicopter. I'm pretty sure that's the same helicopter that um, didn't save me when I nearly died surfing. Um, Respect. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, um, it definitely is. Uh, Quick ones, quick side mission. I was um, very rookie. I am still a rookie at surfing, but I went out... I was with a friend and then he went and I was like, oh, I'm just going to catch one more wave. And then you never say that because what happened was a, a wave sn- fell on top of me, snapped my board, and I was stuck out there getting whitewashed for a good half an hour. And I was like, all right, you just kind of got to the point. I was like, shit, I'm going to die. Um, anyway, that helicopter went past and I was like, you know, you put your hand up, yeah. just went straight past. Eh? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Well, this is it. Yeah. Thankfully, grabbed onto the board with the fins. Wasn't it was kind of okay, but anyway, it cut cut me up really good, and then I kind of rode it back in. Um, but yeah, side mission that helicopter didn't save my life. I saved my own life. But great example as well is you got to save yourself because sometimes no one else will. Yeah, how <laughs> you meant to play the victim in that situation? Well, you it's like you play, you play victim, you're going to drown, and that's a great analogy. It's like are you going to let the are you going to let the waves of life drown you? Yeah. You can either ride the wave, you can accept the conditions, or you can say goodbye. Yeah. And it's like things that have happened to you in your life. It's like, yeah, like it's, those are bad things. Like they shouldn't happen to any human depending on like how tragic it is. But then it's like, it's happened. Like what can you do now? Mm, what's the choice you're going to make? Are you, are you, like you said, are you, are you going to ask yourself the question, like, what can I do to be better? Or even the question that I asked myself at my lowest point, which was, could I be more? That's a great question. It's very reflective. Like, it allows you to really think. Could I be more? Not do more. No, could, more. could I be more as a person at your darkest point? Like, well, I, I remember when I was, um, and not to veer deep into the darkness of my, my story or anything like that, but I remember I was on, um, it was, I think it was 2am in the morning and, uh, I was on the side of the road, I was in my car and I called a friend and I was like, man, I'm just lost. I don't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, he was like on his way to come talk to me and he, he, he came, he came and had a chat to me and like, he was crying. He was like, bro, I don't want to see like, like, I'm just so worried. I'm, you know, like this is like, I'm just really like scared for you because you're in a really dark place and I know how hard this is for you. And at the time I didn't want to be here. And I remember in that moment, like it was, it might've been that or the day after, after that conversation, it's kind of a bit of a snapping moment in the brain where I was like, could, could I be more? And if I could be more, what would that look like? And then from there, that's for me, the question that allowed me to be like, resourceful and find a solution resourceful yeah i think that's the biggest thing could i be more and also 
the second part is probably equal important as the equation itself is like, well, what is more? Mm, what would that look like? Yeah, what would that look like? Because if we don't have division, it's like how are we meant to manifest that thing? How are we meant to be resourceful if we don't know division of what resources will get us to that point if you have no map or no idea of where you want to go you'll never go anywhere it's like saying i want to be healthy like okay what is healthy to you like, mm. what is healthy define Frank, you're know? healthy yeah huge because yeah because a lot of people say they want to be healthy and i'm definitely have been this person probably up until recently like i want to be healthy so i'll go to the gym mm. then my dieting wasn't great it's like i was trying to compensate how about those sessions that I got you on for a bit there? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, holy fuck. The optimal breathing. Someone doing, I'm someone that does breath work every day. So I'm trying optimal breathing. I'm failing every test. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, this is how my ego. But it's not like you are failing. It was just like, you didn't realize that you had dysfunctional breathing. Yeah, and that no. goes for everything. Like a lot of the time, our own set standards of what we're pursuing sometimes doesn't actually show a true measurement of where we could go or where we are. I think that's the thing. It's like, what tests are you adding into your life as well that defines you as a person and allows you to assess where you are and where you want to go? I, I know for me, that, that's been a big thing, right? Like being able to, I guess, reflect pr productively. Because it's all well and good to have dreams and be like, I want to go here. But it's like, well, what are those? And, you know, you can have a bad perspective on a KPI, but like, what are those those key performance indicators that you've set for yourself? Not just goals. Goals are great, but like, what are the, what are the, the KPIs that you're setting for yourself in life? And are you achieving them in certain timeframes? Because if, you, if you're setting KPIs and you're not achieving them, and it's not set to a turn, certain time frame, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And why are you doing it? Yeah. I think the test and KPIs are so important because like going back to the example of me doing the breath work, my intention doing breath work is to optimize my breathing and obviously the nervous system, et cetera. But I, like one of the elements to it was to optimize breathing. But then I started doing optimal breathing tests and I realized that the breathing exercises I've been doing for the last two years actually haven't contributed to one of the things, but I would never have known that if I didn't have a tester to identify if I'm actually making progress with it or not. And that's kind of where challenges come into life, I believe. And, you know, I heard something the other day and it made me think, it's like, well, there's two things. I'll touch on two things. One is, um, take it with a grain of salt, universe, God, whatever you want to believe, but it was... God throws us challenges not to take us off our path, but to lead us onto a path that's going to take us where we want to go. Because if we stay on the same path, we stay in the same comfort. If we stay in the same comfort, we never see what's actually outside our awareness. And it's so true. Because like if you, if you look as a test is a challenge and a challenge is a test, then that allows you to really think, wow, this is happening for me. And another perception to think about is through suffering is the purification of the soul. If we don't allow our, our soul to be challenged and to be tested, then 
we're still so unaware of what we're capable of. And if we're not, if we don't have an understanding of what we're capable of, we'll never get what we really want because we won't think that we're capable or worthy of it. And challenge is, is big because a lot of people shy away from facing challenges in the first place. And when you reflect back, like yourself, also the listeners as well, like if you reflect back into moments that you've really persevered, got great outcomes, usually it's because you have to overcome a challenge. Mm. I think everyone who's listening right now should write down what what is their biggest challenge they've gone through and why is that been an impact in your life? Something I call reflect and respect. I love it. Yeah. Because it allows you to look at a good or bad challenge and understanding like why it's actually a blessing. And I think, I don't know, I just think it's it's one of those things that allows us to understand yeah. instead of victimize. And seeing challenges as a positive thing too, like mm. you said, I think that's so important because, you know, how you're meant to grow, how you're meant to evolve, but then also like how are you actually meant to stay strong in the mind if you do shy away from challenges? You become weak. It's like adding repetitions to muscle, yeah. you know, like if I don't... Weak's not bad. I mean, weak is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I don't try and lift an extra 2.5 kilos of the gym when I know I can, it's like how am I expecting myself to be stronger mm. if I'm not willing to face the uncomfort? Everyone wants to be a millionaire, but no one actually has been battle tested enough to be a millionaire. And that's why all the millionaires say that it's easier getting to five million than it is to get into one million. Because mm. when you get to your first million, you've already become the person you need to be to continue on to success mm. and multiply it. But it's the person you become to get there, but also the challenges you face and overcome on that journey of actually getting there. And that's why it's just it's energy. Yeah. And that's why the statistics of people that win the lottery are so high that they go broke within like a certain time frame. It's because they haven't got the mindset or the capabilities or the resources that they would have needed to keep the wealth that they've had or also grow it even more. Mm. That, that, that self-realization of you're, you're the problem. Yeah. And the sooner that you realize that you're your biggest limitation is the realization within itself that you can actually start changing your life too. Mm. And touching, going back to, you know, why people are confused in society. I think that's really a big thing is that people aren't understanding where they sit in the world. They're not strong enough. They're not changing the narrative of their life. And they're not actually starting to cultivate who they want to be. Yeah, that's why it's important to like audit your own life mm. and ask yourself like consistently. Something that I do is like you said, like where am I the problem in my life right now? What audit? What audit questions do you have for yourself that you? Yeah, so like it's so the main ones in terms of like thoughts, beliefs, and patterns internally. I ask myself questions is like what thoughts have been common in the last like? Let's do an example. What thoughts have been common in the last two weeks? Uh, what thoughts I've repeated that I've believed in the last two weeks? What's been challenging for us? What's been positive? How have I overcame? And just really breaking down and reflecting on my own internal dialogue mm. and just asking questions on things that I've identified within myself that have came up. 
and then provide them entities while they should write down their questions. So it's like, all right, I had a thought and replay in my mind for two weeks on, um, now I'm going mind blank on an example. Let's just say, wait, I have had negative thoughts on weight over the last two weeks. All right, cool. Why have I had this thought? Because of this. Okay, if I did this, would it take away this thought? Yes or no? If it's yes, cool, I'm going to start doing this. But then you don't even know if it's yes or no until you start acting on something that you know will add benefits to your life. Mm. Did that for two weeks. All right, has this helped this thought shift and change or evolve or is it still staying the same? And then constantly evolving and trying to be more solution-minded and more resourceful around your own internal dialogue. Mm. That's what I've really helped me with all the things. Is asking myself that's questions. That's like, that's, you know, that's that cognitive behavioral therapy. It just allows you to identify what's happening and then rewrite the script. Yeah. Cognitive restructuring. And you have the ability to rewrite the script, which I think is not a common, a common knowledge that people know. Like maybe like within the personal development world, people know that, oh yeah, you can rewrite the script, but then you think there's eight fucking billion people in the world. But, but even like, even if you do not too, it's still easy to like, forget it. Forget it a hundred percent. If you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. And it doesn't matter how many personal development events you've gone to or how many certifications you've got from experience. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that you need a refresher and it's like, well, drop the ego and have your refresher and stop, you know, throwing your dick around in a room. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> chill out, bros. <laughs> yeah. And you really can become forgetful on things like that. Like even I've slipped up with a meditation for a while and I see my self-awareness just shoot out the way. And I'm not self-aware and I'm back on autopilot and things are structured and things aren't happening. It's like, oh shit, I've been meditating. Like I haven't pulled myself out of this certain mindset to actually see a different perception on the re reality. Understand what you, you stand for too is so important. Like, um, I use Ty's morning formula that he showed me and he showed you too, I think. Yeah. And that helps ground me. Hey, like every morning where I'm going, where I want to go in life, uh, a little bit intense. It's like 10 years, five years, yeah. three years, year. <laughs> and then it's what I'm going to do. This week, gratitude, reflect and respect into a day. And then the the main thing is my values. And I look at what my values are every day. And it just really tightens the screws and reminds me. Yeah. Because it's too easy to forget. Yeah. Especially like with all the technology that's damaging our receptors in our brain. Like, like we have a lot ag against this to a point. So if we're not taking proactive steps to allow ourselves to thrive, then we will, we will get stabbed and we will die. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded quite aggressive. Yeah. So for the listeners here, what is some practical things you think they can implement on a day, daily basis or a weekly basis in terms of reflection and refreshes base, everything based around what we've talked about in this episode? Like what do you think of some Practices that you implement daily that could also be useful for other people. Um, if I had to bait, if in the simple, there's so many things as we know, but if I had to make it as simple as possible, so it's not overwhelming and it's not confusing, I would say every morning, get up, write down what you're grateful for, 
your reflect and respect. So like, and it might be like three things you're grateful for, three thing, three experiences that have had a positive impact on your life. There's always a positive impact, even if they were bad experiences at the time. So how it's turned you into the person you are today and what the benefits are of that is. Uh, what three goals that you're working towards and then three of your values yeah. of how you want to show up today and what that looks like. Yeah. And if, if you did that, whew, yeah, boy, over X amount of time as well, forever acting or refreshing. Exactly. It, it compounds. And my best days are when I follow my formula. My worst days are when I don't. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. When I, when I first started doing a um, morning routine, and you don't have to do it two hours either. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can literally just be half an hour. Like, that's the thing. It doesn't take very long. Um, mine takes a little long because I'm anal about things. <laughs> but, like, when I first implemented a morning routine, when I, after I had the mini stroke and then and I was running my PT business, did less, made more. Nothing changed except I added in a morning routine. Yeah. Suddenly I made an extra $500 a week. Interesting that. Which <laughs> <laughs> is funny because like the whole conception is that you do more to get more. Smarter, not harder. Yeah. Epic. So what do you think? What, what's, um, I was going to ask this before, but I've just remembered again. <laughs> Does it, <laughs> so real listening. If you've not heard of an NPC before, it is a non-playing character. What I want to ask you is, what's the funniest things that you've noticed for NPCs? <laughs> the funniest things I've got <laughs> NPCs. It's just the whole, like, on the phones, um, doing the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Doing the most obvious things that's repeated by everyone else in the world. Like it feels like whether it's online or whether it's in person, a lot of people are just living someone else's life on repeat. And so many people are doing the exact same thing as the next person next to them. And that's something that I really see is like everyone is literally just living the same life with their own different experience. Mm. Especially like... The fact that NPCs is really well known now, and now that people are actually pretending to be NPCs too online. Yeah. Is that madness? Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to me. What's the answer for you? I saw someone in a restaurant, and it was like, they were frozen, and they they were just about to take a bite out of something, but they weren't moving. Mm. They, were just, they just had this thing in their hand, and they were just like, just like, mouth open. It wasn't, a short period of time either. They were there for a good 15 seconds. Yeah. And I was like looking at this dude and I was like, is he going to, is he going to move? Like is what's happening? Yeah. And then, and then like normal just goes back and goes, puts a thing like, down. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Or, you know, like even when people talk the same way, and it's so obvious yeah. that they're just copying and pasting their personality. Mm. I think that's fucking wild, eh? Yeah. Especially like when they see influencers or celebrities and they start and using the same language. So many thousands of people are doing the same thing or speaking the same way. 
<laughs> I've actually got an NPC since you said yours. It's like, oh yeah, a story like that. So I think I mentioned it to you about when I was at the beach and then some dude pulled in the shark. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so about maybe about four to six weeks ago, I was at the beach yeah. and it was literally like just outside the flags and the beach is just jam-packed crazy. You know, it's Australian summer, mm. everyone's at the beach. Anyway, some dude's fishing just outside this lifesaver flags and his line starts going crazy. Like his rod's nearly snapping. He reels it in, he reels it in. It's about like a four foot bull shark. And bull sharks are like one of the most deadliest sharks yeah, yeah. in the world. Anyway, he pulls it, takes a photo of it. There's like people gathering around. There's heaps of people swimming where he pulled the shark. And these people see him pull the shark and no one's even freaking out. I'm sitting there like, he literally just pulled the shark and where you're swimming. Anyway, he takes the hook out of it. Puts it back into the water where everyone's swimming. Doesn't notify anyone. And literally just puts it back in. Everyone sees him do it. And he just turned back around and continues swimming. I'm like, he just fucking put a four-foot bullshock back in the water. <laughs> where he's, why is no one getting there? Like, literally, I packed up my stuff and left. I was like, this is bonkers. <laughs> Isn't it madness though? Like, just the unawareness of being so stuck in that, that mind. Yeah. Just autopilot. Oh, this happened. It's like crashes. You see someone crash. Yeah. Or even like the perception, the reactions of people in situations too. Mm. You start like, as crazy as it sounds, you can start predicting how people are going to act. Yeah. Based on like just human emotion and reaction. And it, it just becomes like this experience. You're like, oh, two seconds, that person's going to do that. And then they do. Yeah. And you're like. That's why when I saw it, I was just like, I was so confused because no one. Like people were swimming within like a couple of meters of where he put the shark back in. Like a big bull shark too. And I was just, I was so mind blown. I was like, I was just, I was wanting just to yell at, yell at someone. But I was just like, this is, yeah, this is bonkers. I gotta go. <laughs> That's madness, isn't it? And it's so crazy. When was the first time that you believed that you started to be, I don't want to say it, conscious, um, but more present in life? So you, you, your perception before would obviously would have been, you were just so unaware to everything that you're just going day to day, hour to hour, mm -hmm. going through the cycle to then being so much more aware. I actually not, uh, 20, when I was 20 years old. So for context, that would have been 2017. So 2017, when I was 20 years old before then, um, for people to listen to the podcast, you know, my story. I was a drug addict from 11 till 18. And I believe when you start getting to the ages of like 11 is when you start getting some sort of self-awareness and consciousness and you start becoming more questionative of the world around you. But for me, I never had that stage in my life because straight away, I just had a stimulant, I had something to numb me, had something to just tap me out from life basically up until the age of 18. And when I was sober at 18, it was so, everything was so internalized for me for overcoming addiction and battling depression and whatnot. Then when I turned 20 years old and I realized that, you know, I found ways to not feel depression, to overcome anxiety, et cetera. That's when I started to really think more consciously, when I started to become more present. But that was at the back end of a lot of pain and challenges that I had to overcome. Mm. Getting you out of comfort. Yeah. Facing that discomfort, mm. persevering, not 
following the influences around me instead and knowing my own mission, knowing my own values, knowing my own vision, sticking with that eventually led to me being 20 years old and having more of an understanding of my own consciousness, self-awareness, which then I knew the resources to go to, mm-hmm. to start taking directions where I wanted to go to in life. It's a pretty hard path too to like, it's all well and good for us to talk about this because obviously we have experienced it. So we know what it's like to obviously go from point A to point B, not C. We're still in this journey. Um, but if you haven't actually gotten yourself out of that, that, that rat race of just going Groundhog Day, same day, same day, same day, you know, same experience, etc. It can be really hard to get out of that. Yeah. And, or it could be really easy, but the hardest thing I believe is the attachment you have to the consistency of the life that you've lived. So getting out of that, that habit and that routine is actually really hard because that's when, you know, the internal chatter will start as soon as you start doing something that's uncomfortable or different. That's why I love experiences so much because like every time we experience something new, a new neural pathway is connected or built upon or growing. And from that, it allows us to have more expansion in our mind. So it's like the cheat code to leveling up in life is really the more new experiences you allow yourself to go through and the more learnings you open yourself to. Like the only reason... Now that we have the understanding or specifically, you know, like me, like what the reason why I have the understanding of facing challenges because I've faced challenges and I've overcome them. And now I've had the reflection piece where I know it works, you know, like beforehand, before I knew that if I faced uncomfort and I faced challenges before I knew the result or the outcome of that, it was the most, in my mind at the time, it was the most pointless thing to do. It's like, why the fuck will I go and suffer for this long, this amount of time to try and overcome this thing? Like, what purpose is that going to serve me? Mm. Obviously, now in hindsight, we can reflect back. I'm like, well, it did serve a purpose because it made us this person that gave us the experience to think this way, gave us the wisdom, gave us, gave us the knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. But then reflecting back to who I was, that person, it was just so alien to me to even want to face challenges because like, what's the point when I can just live a simple, happy life. But my perception of simple and happy life wasn't actually a happy life. Mm. It was just the comfort of not wanting to change. And that's, yeah, it's where those new experiences come in, right? Like if you don't experience something new, you don't have anything to measure against something. Like again, what's the test? What, what, what's the, the qualified test that you've got in your life to allow you to understand the difference between good and bad? Or what is good and bad to you? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, what are the challenges that you're allowing yourself to go through so that you can qualify whether this is the life you want to live as well? Some people might say, well, I'm happy with my life and I'm okay how I live. And it's like, well, cool, that's fine. That's the way that you feel. But if you ask yourself a question at the end of the day and you say, just ask yourself this question and say, am I really happy? with how I'm living my life and what would it look like if I was to improve my life and would that actually be a good thing or a bad thing and if it's a good thing pursue it and if it's a bad thing don't 
And that's the thing. We're like, we're not telling everyone they have to change in life or they have to grow. It's like, it's, like you said, it comes down to like, what's your vision? Like, what mm. do you want from your life? Identifying like how you want to show up in the world and having the courage to do that, I think is really important because I think a lot of people uh, might not feel like they have the courage to do that, which is completely wrong because everyone has the courage. It's just the the choice to take action. So going towards, you know, a confused society and people being embedded with other people's goals and not pursuing their their own personal legend, as the alchemist talks about, pursuing your own personal legend is huge. I think a lot of people really do have the opportunity to find out what it is that they can turn, you know, from silver to gold into. What can what can you take as an idea and turn that into fortune and not money, but what that might be for you, that fortune is family, friends, loved ones, whatever. I think it's all different for everyone. It blows my mind how we live in an existence where ideas become reality. Isn't it crazy? Is it mad? Like some, we live in an existence where someone thought of an idea like, let's build a wooden table. Now we have timber table in front of us. Someone thought, let's build a company called Rode and let's build a Rodecaster where you connect microphones to it, where you can record audio and create sound effects. And you go deeper and you're like, well, what's that made out of? Well, it's made out of little microchips. And it's like, well, how the fuck did you make microchips out of silver and, and whatever? It's like, who fucking thought about making those? Yeah. And it's like, it's just one of those things, hey, it's madness. It's like the, the, the gap between someone who creates these things and someone who doesn't is the belief. Belief, yeah. Because like any idea that we have of something we want to create, we can create it. It's all possible. It's belief. And then from the belief, it's like, how do you become resourceful? Going back to that, that point of listening to yourself and identifying who you want to show up as. For people listening who say, well, I don't know who I want to be and I don't, I don't have any ideas to create something, what's a starting point for them to start to cultivate something within themselves to show up as their own unique individual, even though they have no idea where that, that begins? That was a big question. It is. <laughs> I want to just play out any answer. So I'm sitting with her for a second. The people that aren't watching the video version, I'm just sitting there pondering. But because the, re the reason why I like this question, because I was at the same point in my own life, probably six years ago when I was 20 years old, when I first got you know that consciousness question you asked me before, or like a perception of the reality. Mm. I was at that point where I was like, all right, well, I didn't finish year 12. Um, you know, I've got no qualifications and I don't really have any experience with work. I'm a recovered drug addict. I was like, I don't really have any goals. I don't know what I want to do. And then the way I figured it out was becoming curious around things and literally just gaining information in multiple aspects of life and seeing what attracted me. Isn't that huge? Do you know, do you know, curiosity, curiosity is the biggest thing in the world. And how I could simplify this would be, you ever go to an ice cream store and you've been at that point in your life where you don't know what is your favorite flavor? You have no idea. Yeah. But you're like, well, there's only one way to find out. So you try all the flavors. 
And it's like, well, if you approach life in the same perception as I'm just opening myself up to try and the flavors of life, then from there, eventually, the more experiences, experiments, self-reflections, whatever it is, the more you go through, the sooner and the closer you get to finding out what that is for yourself too. I really do believe curiosity is the cure for unanswered emotions and questions mm. because the more curious we are, the more we understand. Because like for myself, I really just became curious of multiple topics and it wasn't really to see which one would stick and land. It was like, which one do I feel the most mm. in the moment? So I went to TAFE, completed year 12, but within TAFE when I was doing year 12, um, I just picked up a bunch of other subjects to do because why not? So then one of them was psychology. I was like, you know what? Why not learn about the human mind? At the time I was battling with, um, like my friend would come over, severe anxiety and stuff like that. So like, why not learn about the mind and maybe helpful at that moment in my life? And I just started learning about the mind. And I, was like, I can start teaching this stuff to other people. I became very passionate, like straight away, like it just clicked for me, mental health, mindset and whatnot. And then from there on, it's then now expanding to one talk on myself and what I've done now. But that all became from me remaining curious and pulling myself out there to see what is out there, to see what will actually form a strong feeling within me. I think that's huge, eh? Like, that's that's the biggest thing is, like, allowing yourself to be curious. And allowing yourself to, like, in a sense, to feel stupid. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, like, at that time, I felt very stupid. You know? yeah. Like, at the time, I got told I had depression from a psychologist. I still didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I went to psychology. I didn't understand the first thing about depression at the time. And I was like, I felt so stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm someone that lives with it, yeah. accordingly to psychologists, but I don't understand it at all. But then being in the room with people who can teach me and then help me understand like definitions and all, but then mainly talking about like how to overcome the things that really help with overcoming it, et cetera. And really being comfortable with not feeling like I need to know everything in the moment. Mm. Bro, like that, having that level of control, like I know it all, I'm safe right now. Getting outside that comfort zone in that moment was key. I think that's huge too, is like we, we do live in a society that seeks to have everything, but there's power with having nothing. And I don't mean just materialistic things. I, I more mean like the, the comfort within yourself to know that you're on a journey, you're on a ride, and the sooner you accept that and the sooner you just enjoy the ride, the sooner it gets easier and funner and more enjoyable yeah but if you're on a roller coaster and you're like when's it gonna fucking end <laughs> and you're just screaming the whole time you can't really enjoy the roller coaster can you and life is very much a roller coaster so the sooner that we just enjoy it the more we can embrace it the more we can embrace it the more we can identify what ride we're on and where we're going and how we're experiencing it that's a beautiful way to end it. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Is there any uh, last little bits that you'd like to say to everyone listening in? Last little bits I want to say to people. Just a recap of today's episode, because we've touched on a lot. I think it comes down to self-awareness, reflection, doing, and then also... Questioning too, actually. Curiosity, questioning as well. Like... The main thing, I don't want to add any more, but instead I want people to reflect on the things we've talked about, what things have stuck to you, what things have stayed in your mind, and what can you implement from today's episode that will add value to your life or what 
thoughts came up from things we talked about that you could sit with longer to really explore those thoughts and ideas that came up and really see things from a different perspective. So I really think it's just sit in solitude at some point after this episode and see what came up for you and how you can implement some things that will add some value to your life. Mm. How about you? You're only one, one sentence or one experience away from changing your life. And what that is, is different for everyone. So like Ryan said, if there was something in there that maybe pissed you off or triggered you, lean into that because that's the gold. That's going to allow you to actually reflect and be like, why did that fucking piss me off? Because that's, that's where the, the hidden gems, gems are in that discomfort again. So lean into the discomfort and explore the things that did spark your curiosity. Bang. Well, thanks, Chris. Pleasure. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>